Another great episode of Red Sea Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org, and donate to our apostolate, or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Good morning. It is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. We are in the middle of Holy Week. You're listening to the Red Sea Roundup. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Deacon Mike Beauvais. Today, as always, we have a great show ahead for you. In the second part of the show, Deacon Robin Waters is going to be live from St. Louis Catholic Church in Waco, and he's going to be interviewing some young people, so stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, as always, I want to welcome everyone listening to us on KEDC 88.5 FM, Hearn Bryan College Station, and also our Central Texas listeners on KYAR 98.3 FM, Lorena Waco, and also hopefully our listeners in Palestine on KINF 107.9 FM. And I always forget that we have this wonderful app also. We do. So a shout out to all our listeners on the app. Because yep. I went to Austin yesterday for the Chrism Mass and had the app on the entire way listening to the pro- programs in the car. Wow. Yeah, and that's great. I've listened to it once all the way to Brownsville before. Yes. Yeah. It's absolutely wonderful that I can listen to our local radio station wherever I go. And they can do that by going to their app store and looking for KEDC. And then a Red Sea, Red Dash C Radio, KEDC, or KYAR. And that'll get you your local signal in those two markets. Very good. And of course, the voice you're listening to is our president, chief executive officer, and janitor. Janitor. Yes, that's what I was thinking <laughs> of. I was thinking gopher, but janitor sounds so much more esteemed. <laughs> Dennis Maka. Dennis, how are you this morning? Good morning, Deacon Mike. We're doing great. We're uh, trying something new for this show. We're very excited about it. Uh, Deacon Robin will be live from St. Louis Catholic Church in Waco interviewing, as you mentioned, some young folks that are doing some Eucharistic projects, but also the sister that's there. Uh, they have four sisters, I believe, and he could correct me on the number. Uh it, they have multiple sisters there, and uh, he's going to interview them as well about the projects they're doing. It's very exciting. Uh, actually, Dennis, oh, I'm not at St. Louis. I mean, St. Joseph's. I'm at St. Louis. I'm at Bishop Lewis Rockwood Catholic School. Oh, thank you. So you're just outside of the church, which is at Bishop Lewis Riker Catholic School. Thank you for that correction. Yes. Yes, yes. Now, one other thing that I want to bring up is for the first time that I'm doing the Roundup, we're joined by Caleb. Woohoo. That's right, Deacon. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Red Sea Roundup and Red Sea all uh, together. Yeah. How's your first few weeks been? It's been an absolute pleasure. Start my morning with uh, a rosary and adoration. What other job would let me do that? And, um, you know, learning the ropes here, I've been joking around that I'm, um, I'm not really a... Uh, a radio producer here. I'm I'm a master fiddler. I fiddle with the knobs and pretend like I know what I'm doing. Um, he fits right in. <laughs> I was going to say, Dennis has been doing this for 10 years or more. So 
<laughs> yeah. We we knew it when we interviewed him that he was going to fit right in. Yeah. It's been great. And uh, I have always said that this radio station from the very beginning existed only by the grace of God. So why should anything else that we do be any different? Amen. That's Amen right. to that. Now, um, I wanted to talk in the first part of the show about Holy Week okay. and about Easter a little bit, um, but um, was there anything that you wanted to talk about other than that? No, I think that that would be a great thing to focus on. Uh, it is upon us. We've got, we had a great interview uh, this past week regarding the Holy Week mission that's going on door-to-door evangelization, and they've got 150 people signed up and ready to go um, on Holy Saturday. So that's exciting, and we want to be involved in that going forward uh, as a Red Sea Apostolate. So just keep your ear to the ground for what's coming there. Our Director of Evangelization and Education, our Vice President of Evangelization and, and in education is Deacon Robin Waters, and uh, he will uh, he will be helping to to shape those efforts with other wonderful groups in this area as well as the Central Texas area. Well, this is a project started at St. Joseph's, right? Well, I, I tell you what, Father John Gazaldo over at St. Louis Catholic Church, and now he's in Temple, has been doing this for quite some oh. time. They've had groups that have done door to door evangelization mm-hmm. and apologetics, so. Uh, he's got a method. Uh, I know they're coming up with some methods here. I think we're going to bring people to the table to talk about what works, what works best, you know, and see what works in each area and see if we can't get teams of people out there uh, to start spreading the faith. Well, I was so impressed when I heard the numbers. Uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty exciting. And especially, you know, introverts like me, you yeah. know, the thought of, you know, knocking on someone's door and not knowing what to expect it's it is a bit daunting um but yeah the, they they interviewed very well last week and it was uh a great explanation of what they're doing i think even uh an a introvert or a, a scaredy cat like me i think a chicken i think is what we labeled me as last last week can even do what they're doing here which is just inviting people yes you know so it's great very exciting. So that's going on here. I know there's great things going on in Central Texas, one of which we're going to be Talking featuring the entire second part of this show. So yes. I want to hear more about your wisdom on Holy Week because it is upon us. Yes. And uh, of course, Holy Week begins with Palm Sunday. And so this past weekend, uh, we had uh, Palm Sunday of the passion of the Lord Uh and we celebrated the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And I've always been fascinated by the almost immediate change from the celebration of Jesus entering Jerusalem to the passion. And, um, We have this idea that, you know, uh, because we celebrate it this way, this happened immediately, but uh, you have to see there's several days between his entry and then his crucifixion. Yeah. But I think the juxtaposition that it demonstrates 
shows how fickle we are as human beings. Mm-hmm. How, you know, one minute we're celebrating Jesus as the Messiah, and the next minute we hear the crowds in the Passion yelling, crucify him. And I have yeah. always been struck by that contrast. And I think the way we celebrate the Mass is so wonderful that we start with a gospel reading at the beginning mm-hmm. and we end with the gospel reading of the Passion yep. and uh, showing the whole dynamic of this. And it sort of sets the tone for the entire rest of the week. And our own fickleness and our own weakness and uh, the fact that we really need to steal ourselves. Yes, and I always find it speaking to me personally, you know, how di- much of a difference is there between how when I'm really on fire for my faith mm-hmm. and how quickly it's on the back burner. And, you know, you read the gospel readings, you say, well, those people are just crazy. How can you go from one to the other so quickly? And we all do it. We always do it, you know. Yes, I go to a retreat and everything is absolutely wonderful. And I drive home and I'm yelling at other drivers. It's, <laughs> yeah. you know, we change on a dime. And this, I think, is what Palm Sunday is intended to demonstrate. Well, and it's um, what always strikes me is the idea that Judas betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. We betray him every day for free. Yes. Very good point. Now, the other part of uh, Holy Week uh, that we normally don't celebrate as much in the entire church is the Chrism Mass. And you Uh, just came from that yesterday. Just came from that yesterday. Uh, I actually had the great honor of being allowed to carry up one of the jars of oil to the bishop, which uh, being German, I'm early for everything, so that was the main driver of that. I was there, so they said, hey, you can bring up the oils. But um, the Chrism Mass is when the bishop blesses all the holy oils, the oil of the infirm, the oil of catechumens, and the holy chrism Mm -hmm. that's going to be used by the entire diocese for the rest of this year. And traditionally, the old oils that are left over from last year will be burned in the Easter fire at the Easter vigil. And... um, So the Chrism Mass is also when all the priests in the diocese come before the bishop and reaffirm their vow of obedience to their bishop. And it's a wonderful sight to see every priest, or at least those that are able to come, Mm -hmm. uh, every priest in the diocese up at the altar. Where was this located? uh, St. Vincent de Paul. St. Vincent de Paul. Okay. And a uh, beautiful mass. And I was struck by the reverence of uh, the incense, the candles, the beautiful music. Um, the diocese still has the video of the mass up on their website. So if you weren't able to make it, take a moment today and at least watch the blessing of the oils part of it. Now, of course, Holy Week then really commences with Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday. And uh, the Mass of the Lord's Supper should technically be in the evening. Sometimes for pastoral reasons, it'll be at other parts of the day. 
I know at St. Anthony's it's at 6 p.m. And it is intended to remind us of the Last Supper. And, of course, we celebrate not only the institution of the priesthood, the institution of the Eucharist, but in a way the institution of the deacons because the washing of the feet, uh, mm-hmm. I've always liked the way uh, Pope Francis does it because he takes off the chasuble and turns his stole from the priest's stole to the deacon's stole because now he's Christ the servant. Interesting. And um, every priest never stops being a deacon. And so the mm-hmm. Pope emphasizes this by how he does the washing of the feet. And so we have the beginning of the passion of the Lord and Holy Thursday ends with the removal of the Eucharist from the tabernacle and the Mm -hmm. church and a procession to another place to repose it because on Good Friday, the church is empty. Jesus is in the tomb. And so the only thing happens Good Friday is the celebration of the veneration of the cross. And this to me is again one of these things that is absolutely fascinating that we celebrate the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard, uh, I can't remember who it was that said, this is be like us having a celebration for an electric chair. I know. And it's just because it has changed. Mm-hmm. Then we also, of course, have Holy Saturday, which is the most solemn mass of the liturgical year because it is the vigil of the Lord where we enter into that waiting at the tomb. And we have seven readings, Mm -hmm. we have psalms, we have an epistle, we have gospel, Mm -hmm. and we have the celebration of the light, we have new members coming into the church, we have baptisms, but it's a celebration of anticipation. It is us recognizing that we are going to meet our risen Lord. And then, of course, we have Easter Sunday, which is the celebration of that resurrection. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's always been one of the most beautiful days of the year, no matter what the weather is. Yes. It is just absolutely wonderful to experience the church in its fullness because it's the time everyone comes to Mass. Yeah. And uh, the crowd is full in the church, and uh, we truly celebrate the resurrection, and I think it's absolutely wonderful. All right, that's my take on Holy Week. In a nutshell, we're going to be... I'm talking with Deacon Robin Waters from St. Louis High School. We'll be right back. We'll be back. Thanks for listening to part one of Red Sea Roundup. Part two is just around the corner. You can find additional Catholic podcasts and resources at redsearadio.org, as well as a page to leave your prayer requests. If you feel called, please consider donating to our apostolate so we can continue creating entertaining, and educational Catholic content for all to enjoy. Thank you and God bless. Now back to Red Sea Roundup. And we're back 
We're back here for part two of Red Sea Roundup. As Deacon Mike introduced me, I'm Dennis Maka. I am with Red Sea Catholic Radio, and I'm very happy to have everyone here listening today on the apps on KYAR, on KEDC, and on KINF, our stations in the Palestine, Central Texas, and the Brazos Valley listening areas. Today we have a special, special edition of Red Sea Roundup because we're live on the road. Deacon Robin Waters is at Bishop Lewis Riker High School in Waco, Texas, and he is going to be interviewing and talking to a variety of different people today. It's going to be a pretty good whirlwind of guests. We're going to have high school guests who are going to be doing some presentations as well as sister who is going to be introduced by Deacon Robin. So Deacon Robin Waters, I'm going to let you take over from here. I'll stay in touch with you regarding the time frame. And if uh, any of the technology goes wrong, we'll uh, tap dance while we reconnect. How's that? Deacon Robin. Sounds good, Dennis. That's good. Let's go ahead and get the microphone a little bit further away. You're, you're clipping a little bit there. Deacon okay. Robin. How's that better? That is way better. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to you and let you introduce your guests. All right. Thank you very much. Well, as Dennis said, I'm Deacon Robin Waters. I'm at uh, Bishop Lewis Rocker High School today. Blessed to be here. And we're going to start off the uh, this hour with uh, Sister Maximilian Marie, who is the uh, theology teacher for high school. Right, Sister? That's correct. And uh, she's teaching uh, Theology 1 and 2, and they have a very special project going on. It's called Secrets of the Last Sup- Supper, and they've put an exhibi- exhibition together they've got. I think about, was it about nine projects? Is that Actually, I think close to 13. 13, wow. And we're going to get to visit with uh, some of the students, and then they can talk about their projects. And really, you know, in this this three-year period with uh, the Eucharistic revival, it's so important. And so when Sister and I were talking about this, and we initially were talking about, uh, you know, just doing some interviews and visiting about what the kids were doing, but uh, since we had an opportunity to put them on the air, I just thought it wouldn't be a better, anything better to talk about than the Eucharist during Holy Week. Right. So, uh, uh, Sister, would you like to kind of talk about what you've got going on here with your project? Sure, sure. Thank you. And thank you for having us today. Um, it's a joy for me and my students to be with you. Um, these are the, the freshmen and the sophomore um, students in theology and uh, one and two at Bishop Lewis Riker. And we this semester have been studying the um, work by Dr. Brant Petrie, Jewish uh, G- Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, Unlocking the Secrets of the Last Supper. And, um, you know, so just a, a book you can, you can, um, get online. Um, it's a and great then book. it is a great book and I've been learning a lot from my students as they've studied it and, but it's not your typical textbook. So it's like, what are we going to do with this, with this work? And it's great. It has study questions in the back and, and I made the kids annotate them. They, they're not very happy with me about that, <laughs> but, um, it made them really understand, I think the context better than I think I did. And um, at uh, Midway, I said that it was going to culminate in a project. And I told each of them, find a medium that you love. Is it art? Is it Legos? Is it videotography? Um, And then find a theme in this book that you're really um, engaged in because you're going to be working on it a lot. (laughs) And so they did that and they came up with these amazing uh, projects. Um, We've named it Secrets of the Last Supper based on on the book and basically just an opportunity to for them to share the fruits of their contemplation, a Dominican motto um, in discovering the Jewish roots of the Last Supper. Um, 
and just to understand exactly what happened at Jesus's final Passover and to explore the ancient Jewish b- beliefs about the Passover and um, what they, they thought about the Messiah um, and the connections to the miraculous manna from heaven and then the bread of the presence. And so you see how it's the, the Passover is fulfilled in Jesus and then ultimately in the Eucharist. Absolutely. Uh, it's just such a it's such a great thing that you're that you're doing this, and that and I didn't mention, but uh, you're part of the Dominican Sisters, right? Correct. Yes, Dominican the, Sisters of Mary, Mother of the, of Eucharist, the Eucharist, out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Man, and you know that's really saying something that, <laughs> that you're saying that you're actually learning things from yes. the kids. Yes. And being that your background as a Dominican Sister, Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best part of being a teacher too. Yeah. You're constantly learning you're from your students. Learning. And I know the Dominicans just have a great charism for uh, for teaching. Yes. And uh, we really appreciate you for for that. And you now here here at Bishop Lewis Rocker, you have four Dominican sisters, correct? Correct. Okay. We have two in the high school and two levels. in the lower. Right. Okay. Right. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, uh, at this time, we've got a couple of the students here that are working on projects. Uh, we've got uh, Katie Burnson. Say hello, Katie. Hello. And Alice. What's your last name? Hi, I'm Alice Clafferty. All right. And I think, Alice, did you say your uh, dad is a teacher here at Bishop Lewis Rocker? Yes, he is an art teacher here. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, girls, I see that your project is entitled uh, Catholic Inspired Passover. So tell us what that means and kind of what y'all have done to uh, put this together. And, and also, I'm just interested, is, you know, sister making it pretty hard? And, you know, you got to spend hours and hours or <laughs> just kind of like just a little bit of work here and there? Yes, well, the annotations in the book did take a while. Okay. But um, we made our project because, well, we wanted to experience our own version of the Passover, being Catholic and all. And we made a pamphlet. We made recipes that any Catholic looking for, like looking to try it out for themselves could mm-hmm. experience it, not being Jewish. Right. And so we chose culinary to be the main theme of our project because... Well, the Last Supper was a very important part of the Passion of Christ, and it was very greatly based around food, and like, it was very important, and so we thought it would be a good idea to bring the food aspect into our exhibition. Food, food is so important to families, you know, and, and that's something that really Jesus and the apostles, they had formed a family, and, uh, and celebrating meals together is always so important with family and friends. So, Alice, what do you what do you have to say about this? Yeah, and so as Sister mentioned, it was a lot of work with annotating and reading the book, but it was definitely worth it um, because we did learn a lot about the Passover and his Jewish roots overall, right. which I thought was really neat. And um, hence the Catholic-inspired part of our cookbook. Um, we wanted to bring in the Jewish roots in a Catholic way, so like how Catholics celebrate um, Seder meals. Um, we took some of those recipes and shared with others, as it's not an as commonly practiced thing in the Catholic Church, but we think it's really cool to celebrate his roots yes. like that. Yes, so yeah. important. And uh, it's interesting to me how you chose these culinary mediums to uh, to express this. You know, so did you actually do some cooking? Um, so we took the three recipes out of our cookbook and we did actually make them into samples for all the people to try. Okay. And, um, they are all kosher. 
hence the Jewish roots. Yep. But they're not traditional meals that you would eat at Passover if you were actually Jewish celebrating the event. But they all do follow the Jewish meal rules during Passover. That's yep. very interesting. Thank you, Deacon Robin. Your next guest is up. Okay, Dennis. Uh, we have Andrew Blanchard here. Andrew, are you a sophomore here at Bishop Lewis Rocker? Um, yes, sir. I'm all a sophomore. Right. And I hear he's a, an audiovisual expert, Dennis. <laughs> Andrew, what? tell us a little bit about your project and uh, how's it going? Um, well, my project, you know, is a visual, visual <laughs> project, um, you know, and um, I wanted to make this project very simple, too. Um, why I was when I was reading in the book we read I was you know trying to come up with like questions topic questions for the doc, right. for the documentary because um, always I wanted to do something visual so that's I feel like um, me personally in my opinion I feel like I do have a talent for that and you know I've done you know you know short films you know we have a film class here I'm in that as well okay. you know um, and even over the summer me and my family we made it a little short film and you know, um, so I, I have a little a little bit of experience with it too. So, as, so your project is is a documentary. Yeah. So. And, and you use a seminarian uh, lad in that, I see. Yeah, lad. Um, yeah, we were trying to get more people, you know, to be in it, but just scheduling didn't happen. That's the hardest part about doing this: is scheduling. Sure. With people. So tell us about the theme of your project. I see it's called uh, "How Is Jesus the Lamb." Yeah. So that was the topic question I came up with. Very simple question because oftentimes in Scripture, Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God. But what does that even mean? Right. Jesus is fully human and fully divine, but he's not hes not a lamb. So we were trying in the documentary, our goal was to divulge like why he's called that. How is he the Lamb of God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lad um, answered that question perfectly, you know. Um, because Jesus is a sacrificial lamb because he died for our sins. He sacrificed. Yes. God sacrificed his own son. And that, and also Jesus, if you notice, when he died on the cross, um, usually whenever you know they have people you know, crucified, they'll, if they're still alive, they'll break their knees. And Jesus, yes. pure, pure, because they, you know, they keep the sacrificial lamb for Passover pure. They, don't, they want the purest lamb. Right. So they didn't break Jesus' knees. He just, you know, stabbed him in the side, right, and you right. know, water and blood came out, and so that was one of the things I was really looking up to, and also like connections between Moses, like, um, and the the new manna, you know, with Jesus also at the Last Supper, the new manna, referring to Moses and the Israelites when they were in the desert, you know, for all those years, yep. and um, so I was really. Well, I, mean, I did my research on yeah. it, you know. So did working on this project, is it something that really helps you to grow in your faith and in your knowledge of the faith? Um, Yes, I will say, um, because I did watch, like, certain stuff to, like, help mm-hmm. me. I watched The Passion of the Christ help me with this. Yes. And that was a very intense movie to watch right. for this. And, uh, I mean, I'm happy I did it because it— I did say, you know, it did make—I didn't cry, but I almost came close, you know, because it really— it's a yes. hard movie to watch, but it did help me with my faith and understanding, you know, really the whole thing with God and right. Jesus' sacrifice. Absolutely. And I'm sure that working with Lad was probably something that, that helped you to, you know, gain insights that, that you couldn't gain just from anyone because of of his experience in the seminary. Well, yeah, Lad is, uh, I got to give him credit. I mean, he really knows the faith way better than me. He is really smart, and he was really easy to work with, really easy to schedule things with. He was, you know, super nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that he, you know, took time out of his own personal day, out of his schedule. He rescheduled, like, a thing he was supposed to do at the church right. just for my th- interview. And I'm, I'm so happy about that. Like, 
I'm really happy that he did that for me. Now, yeah. He didn't have to, but he did it. Well, you know, that, that's, that's something that's really great when you, when you see somebody that's a seminarian that's, that's in the formation to become a priest that is willing to, uh, you know, humble himself to help, yeah. help a kid with a project, to not uh, show, you know, act like he's more knowledgeable, but yeah. he seems like the kind of guy that really communicates well. Yeah, I will say he was very good at communicating. Um, yeah, he was probably. I mean, I, I I've worked with you know, um, you know, um, you know, people on films, and some people are easy to work with, some people are hard, and he was probably so far the easiest person I've ever had to work well, with on a on a project. He'll, he'll make a great priest one day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He will. He'll yeah. he'll be amazing. We'll I have be, no doubt about it. We'll be blessed to have him in the diocese. Yeah. Well, Andrew, is there anything else you'd like to share about this experience or? Or about your uh, your time here at Bishop Lewis Rocker? Um, I'd like to share. Um, I will say that it does – I feel like being here at Bishop Riker has helped me with my faith. Mm-hmm. Because before I knew of Jesus, I knew of him. I knew of God. I knew of the faith. I was like, oh, yeah, I believe in God. You know, I go to Mass. Right. But I wasn't, I wasn't really believing in God. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really – I wasn't really being his son in a way. I wasn't yeah. being his child. And so, you know, with the people here like Javier, um, Gregory, you know, all the people here. Yes, with the Blaze. Um, yeah, yeah, Blaze. I will say the retreats I've gone because I've gone on a lot of retreats, you know, mm-hmm. this past year. And I got to say, I'm really happy I did it. I mean, last retreat I went on, I mean, we had confession and I, I broke down. It was so amazing. Wow. I got to say, it was truly. And I remember hearing a little voice at the back of my head after I prayed a prayer. I remember hearing a voice at the back of my head, and it, and it said one thing to me: "I love you." And wow. that's when I knew, yeah, this is if this okay. is what heaven's like. This is real. I'm, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm where I want to be. You wow. know. And what a blessing for somebody that's just a sophomore in high school. Yeah, I gotta yeah. say, I'm really I'm really um, happy that this has happened to me. Like, I'm so blessed. Like, I know this is God's work. He wanted me to be here. Mm-hmm. I wanted me to meet these people be here and I, i'm just happy to have the opportunity to be on this show too i'm like this is god the god is doing this you yeah know? i'm sure. so happy to be here so all right yeah. well andrew thank you so much for your time yeah thank you if for you having would, me uh, see if the if the next person would like to come in and share yeah. a little bit about That'd their next project yeah phenomenal thank, thank you, you so for, much thank, thank you, you andrew god bless you have a good day mm-hmm. wow deacon robin wow <laughs> that's all <laughs> i just keep saying wow yeah i know what we're doing today is is something beautiful that the devil does not want to happen. And so, yeah, the whole internet just crashed at the entire building here. And so we had to go and wow. crawl under desks and reboot modems. So uh, what an right, interview I got a couple of Andrew. more guests coming in, Dennis. Girls, if y'all go ahead and put these headsets on. That was an great. amazing interview yeah, with cool? Andrew. Yeah, cool? Like with Andrew, you know, for somebody that's sophomore in high school, I think he sounded like a professional uh, <laughs> a TV announcer. I, I think me, we need sure. to... Uh, <laughs> Put a bookmark on that kid, and let's uh, let's talk to him about his future with Catholic Radio, maybe, huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you've got two other All guests. Right, well, I do. And uh, girls, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Paulina. I'm Anna. We got Paulina and Anna. And are y'all freshmen or sophomores? Freshmen. Both freshmen. Both freshmen. Okay. Uh, so, what's the name of your project? The mystery of the four cups. <laughs> mystery. Hey, I read I, I read the information that uh, Sister Maximilian Marie gave me on that, and I thought that was a very interesting one. Tell me a little bit how y'all decided on that particular topic. Basically. Was there something in the book from the book uh, yeah. Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist yeah, that inspired was, you? Um, 
the chapter about the Passover inspired us when they're talking about the chalice that they used and how it was made out of like I feel like most people think it's made out of like gold and but back then it was obviously not made out of gold and right. it was made out of clay. So that really interested me and that's huh. how I kinda of thought of the idea of the project. Yeah, because we would think if Jesus if Jesus has a chalice it's gonna be the most marvelous one ever. Yeah. But it wasn't, right? It just yeah. it wasn't. So uh Paulina, similar, what were your ideas about that? Or did y'all kind of collaborate on this? Or? Yeah, and for me, it was mostly like I didn't know anything about four cups and traditions about the Passover meal, so it was pretty interesting to me. So you actually made some cups from clay? Yes. Is this something you, you like molded and then put them in a kiln to, to yes. fire them and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Wow. And and so what what kind of other things did you do for the project besides make the cups? Well, we had to like we got some like matzah stuff that mm-hmm. someone baked for us, and we put it in our ciborium that we made out of clay. Okay. And we also put like red Gatorade to represent the wine at the Last Supper. Okay. And put in. So I have a question for you. Before you did the project. Did you know what a ciborium was? I didn't know the name of yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't know the name. See, that just that is something that, yeah. you know, how would you know that? You're showing up for mass every week and, and at school, but it's not something that you, you know, that you would know just uh, without someone teaching you that. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool. So I have another question for you, something that I learned a while back, and I'm a lot older than y'all. Y'all could probably almost be my grandkids. But uh, <laughs> uh, so if you're, you've seen a chalice. And you've seen a ciborium, right? So what's the difference if you're looking at them? Sometimes they look just the same. Yeah. Well, like, there's some chalices and ciboriums that can look the exact same, like, mm-hmm. physically. But, like, the ciborium obviously holds, like, the Eucharist and, like, the body of Christ. And then the chalice holds the blood of Christ. Yes. What I learned was that uh, if you have a chalice and you have a ciborium and they look exactly like. The way you know which one is the ciborium, I mean, which one is the chalice, is it'll have a cross down on the base, and the ciborium does not. Oh. It'll just be smooth all the way around, and the uh, somewhere on the bottom of the uh, chalice there will be a cross. I learned that from my pa- my pastor, Father Timothy, over at uh, St. Mary's in West. So that's that's kind of was an interesting thing that I learned. So, what about the? Uh, I see here you've. You're talking about the first cup, the second, the third, and and how they're used to fulfill Jesus uh, in the Last Supper. So tell me what that means. What's the first, what's the difference between the first, second, and the third? The first cup is the cup for the introductory rites, I believe. Okay. And the second cup is the proclamation cup. And it was never drunk, but it was mixed. But he never drank it at the Last Supper. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. The third was to start the meal, the Passover meal. Okay. And the fourth was, if someone said, or in the book it said that um, if Jesus drank it, then he would die. That's why he didn't drink it until he was dying. See, it wasn't wasn't time. I see. Wow. So uh, to, for this project, I guess did y'all have to, part of the project was reading the book and then... And then trying to come up with a topic based off what you read from that, that yes. how, it, how it came together. Well, I saw your your project out in the uh, 
in St. Joseph's Hall over there. And, uh, yeah, you've done an awesome job. It's, it was uh, something I would have never thought of. And I thought it was really interesting that all the different, because I think there's 13 exhibits, and uh, that the group was able to, the 13 groups came up with different aspects of the uh, of the Eucharist and the Jewish roots of that, because you would think, oh, there's just a couple of things, but they were able, y'all were able to be very creative and break it out in different ways. So that was that's just really interesting. Okay, so uh, if y'all would, we sure appreciate y'all being on, uh, Paula and Anna. Thank you so much for sharing about your project. And if you would, take your headsets off and uh, see if you've got a couple more guests out there. Hey, Deacon Robin, could you remind the listeners what exactly you're doing at Bishop Lewis Riker Catholic High School in Waco, Texas. What what are the kids and what are you what are you interviewing them about? The whole general aspect. Of, this isn't it's not like a science fair, but what exactly is uh, is going on there at that school? So here at Bishop Lewis Riker, uh, Sister Maximilian Marie, she uh-huh. teaches uh, theology one and two, and so she had them reading the book by Dr. Brant Petrie, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, Great. unlocking the secrets of the Last Supper. Okay. And so, uh, and so then she asked him to to do a project, an actual uh, exhibit of how they would. Uh, actually show this to other people to help them understand Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Eucharist. And so they've got 13 teams that have put together exhibits. They've got a whole, all of St. Joseph's Hall filled with uh, uh, very uh, creative ways to uh, express the their love of the Eucharist. And I've got a couple of more guys here. Awesome. Uh, if y'all would introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Joseph Flood. And, I, and I'm Will Hayes. All right, we've got Joseph and Will. And are y'all freshmen, sophomores? Oh, we are sophomores. Sophomores. And uh, so, what was your what was your project? Oh, well, we actually had the video that's just outside of the oh, store. Yeah. So some of our listeners may have been able to hear. We had a little uh, in the background. We would hear some some speaking and some music, and and uh, Joe and Will here actually produced that uh, that video. And it's kind of a way when the people come into the exhibit, they watch your video first. I think is that what they do, and before they go in, or is that just another uh, one of the exhibits. I didn't know if it was like an introductory part of it. I think it's just one of the other exhibits. It's just one of the other exhibits. Okay. Yes. It was just outside the hall, so I, I guess because they have like a little theater set up here with a, a large screen TV and and chairs like you would have in a theater. And so uh, t- tell us why you decided to do this kind of a project. Well, at first we wanted to show how we would connect Moses and Jesus together, but we tried to figure out a medium that would relate, and we all played Minecraft, so we made a video in Minecraft. Okay, that's a pretty popular game. Yeah, yeah. Even even my uh, five-year-old grandson likes to play that. <laughs> so, Will, what what was your uh, what was your uh, part of this project? Well, in the beginning, I helped with how like it would the project be formatted and like what would be built and where, and then afterwards, I helped edit it. Okay. So did reading this book and doing this project, has this helped you to, to grow in your faith and understanding of the Eucharist? I'd say so. It like, helped me connect it, how the manna that God gave to Moses and the Israelites is connected to the Eucharist that Jesus gave us. Absolutely. Yeah, in kind of a broader sense, like showing that everything is connected and not just kind of randomly in there. It's pretty helpful for me. Right. Well, you know, it's, 
we're in the we we started this uh, Eucharistic revival in our diocese and in the whole United States just a few months ago, and I was telling the sister that I think it's just a a great thing that you're focusing on the Eucharist because you know it's the source and summit of our faith, and so many Catholics these days either doubt or just downright don't believe that Jesus is actually fully present, you know, in the Eucharist. So it's it's really a to me a great thing that you're focusing on this so that as a young person you can uh, you know come to enter into that relationship with Jesus so that as you grow older, you know, you, you can help others and, and you won't be doubting at times when you know in your life cuz everything's not going to be as easy as high school, you know, as, as you get out into life. What do y'all think about that, about having the Eucharist as something that is uh, part of your daily life that you're thinking about, especially on Sundays? I don't know how to describe it, but it's just like knowing that it's there for us to have. Yeah. It's like Jesus gave himself for us. Knowing that the God of the universe is giving himself to you. Yeah. 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 It's like you said, it's like the center of everything about our faith. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that we should make that central also to our lives, not just like have it in a box of like faith. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Make it central, not just put Jesus in a box, you know, not limit what we think he can do. Because what we think what we think he can do is just a fraction, you know, of what the creator of the universe in Jesus Christ can do. So Indeed. Well, I'm so glad that uh, you guys uh, have, have been able to, to do this project. Dennis, is there, you want to make a comment? Oh, I was just just fascinated with everything, and I love how they take a medium of of the video games and the Minecraft, and they turn it into something that's very positive for them in their lives, and they they do something great with that, and they they take a place where they're at now, and they just shine that to the rest of the world, and and specifically the Bishop Lewis Riker community. So, uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate that very much. Okay, guys. I guess uh, thank you for your time. You can pull your headsets off and. Uh... Uh, I just okay. want to thank those gentlemen for joining us and for everyone else that's been a part of this. Deacon Robin. All right. We have Sister Maximilian Marie with us again. And uh, Sister, we thank you so much for first for letting us come and to uh, share your exhibits with us and for taking the time to, I know you're busy, you know, you've got all kinds of stuff. You've got 13 projects out there and all kinds of people coming in. Wanted to thank you, Sister, for your time. So very gracious. And uh, she's got some great things going on here. I've talked to a lot of the students has this wonderful Secrets of the Last Supper, Supper exhibition. And so, Sister, we just wanted to take a little more time with you since this is your, your child, I guess you could call it. And the kids, uh, now one thing I want to tell you, the kids I've talked to, yes, uh, I was just really inspired by, you know, how much they had learned about the Eucharist from yes. reading the book and then by applying it to the project. Good, good. Yes, yes. They, they did a, a a great a great job. And and you know, truth be told, um, when I came into the second semester, I was just feeling really behind. And it was one of those times where I just had to let the let it all go. And I gave the students a framework yep. and directions about how they were going to approach the text. And after each chapter, they would um, take what they read, you know, the answers to the questions, their annotations, and they would have little mini discussions 
Wow. And so I really, I was telling the sisters the other night, I'm like, if, if it's, if it goes well, it's not because of me. It's <laughs> because they just, they did, they did the work and, and their hearts are really, really open and malleable. Yeah, and yeah. The, the discussions I was overhearing, um, I think it really goes from head to heart when they're really engaging the, Absolutely. the content. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know one of the young men I was talking to that, you know, part of the project, he said it really, uh, uh, solidified his faith in the Eucharist. Good, yes. That he, you know, he said he he had it in the head, right? But it hadn't hit the heart yet, and right? By, by this material, it really helped him to uh, uh, to grow in that way. And, and and what I told him was, uh, you know, how blessed he is to have that connection now. Yes. Oh, before yeah. it's too late. I mean, that statistic when you head off to college. Yes. I think it was. I, I had read 85%, right. you know, stop practicing their faith. And I have that statistic always hanging over my head. Yeah. And and so, you know, it's not about the textbook. It's not about a grade for me. Right. You use the grades to get them to do the work. Sure. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, but, but at the end of the day, it's about the heart and the mind. And, and in these precious years that they leave the doors of Bishop Lewis Riker Catholic School um, just solidified in their faith. Right. Before the tumultuous years to come. <laughs> well, because we we all have uh, you know no people, friends, family that you know they're they've been adults for twenty, thirty, forty years, and yes, their their belief in the Eucharist is still on a I guess a kindergarten level. Many yes, times. yes, they they've never progressed to mm-hmm. learn. All the things that a book like Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the, of the Eucharist portray yes. and teach us. Mm-hmm. And as I had mentioned earlier, for you to say you learned something <laughs> from this, I'm like, whoa, it right. must have been good. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, yeah, Dr. Brant Petrie was their professor this time. Yeah. So, um, and then also like those that had kind of, you know, the other the other end of things is like a very devotional a belief in the Eucharist, which, you know, God blesses that, you know, the, you just have to have faith. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you need to be able to answer questions about the Eucharist and right. well, but why, right. why the Eucharist? And so the Old Testament roots um, really, you know, for both, you know, the, the student that's kind of more of a skeptic, but the one that you know, just believes out of faith, you know, it gives them the, 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 the book answers as well right. and, and rooted in the, the um, Old Testament. It's really fascinating. So, Well, you're, you're so right about that. It, it, it reminds me of something that I encountered a few years ago. I was talking to a, a, a Protestant pastor mm-hmm. and we were talking about the Eucharist in John 6, you know, and yes. I asked him, explain that to me, you know, how do you take that? Yes. And so he says, uh, uh, Okay, at the Last Supper, Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, how, could it be, how could it be his body and his blood? He was still alive. Ah. So you're telling me uh-huh. when Jesus said that, he meant that was his body and blood? Ah. And I said, you know what? Nobody has ever asked me that before. Right. I said, but you know what? Jesus is God, mm-hmm. and if he said it, then yes, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. right then. At the Last Supper, it was his body and blood. Fascinating. Yeah, it's so. really helpful to hear what the questions are, mm-hmm. you know, when you're when you're talking about, you know, on the top, you know, any topic with with others um, of different faiths. And um, in, in, in this context, you know, Jewish, the, the Jewish faith, right. um, and really to see that fulfillment in Jesus is amazing. Yeah. 
and just so how many ties are the other thing that I think is very interesting is that I think it really helps the kids appreciate the New Testament and all the prefigurations in the New Testament that are fulfilled. I mean, prefigurations in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in the New. Right. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people will say things like, oh, we're a New Testament church. Uh, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Salvation. But to understand our faith, right. we've got to know the O. Yes, yes. Another book we study, um, so we'll, we'll spend a little more time on this next year, is um, John Bergsma's book, um, mm-hmm. The Bible Basics of, um, I think there's two versions, New Testament and then Old Testament, and the, the, the students love it. And we yeah. draw a lot of pictures of each of the covenants, yeah, yeah. but how the covenants, and in, in, in there's characteristics to each of the covenants they all have in common, and they're also in common with the final covenant, the Eucharistic covenant. Right. So that's another great resource um, for the listeners, and, and um, but then for the students, too, that makes it hands-on, and like you say, the, the, the roots in the Old Testament, and just to see how it's so beautifully um, fulfilled. Like God is a great story writer, you know, <laughs> he just writes a great story and we're constantly, you know, it's like reading a book and you, you can read the, a, a good work, you know, over and over again, you're always something else kind of captures your imagination or your heart, but this is real. This is a real story. Well, and the thing is for, I would think for someone like you, you know, who's dedicated her, her life to the faith mm-hmm. and, uh, and to teaching, that when you see that light go on, oh, it's worth it all. <laughs> and it's not like a light goes on that they learned a math formula. Right, right. They're like, oh God, the Eucharist. Yes, our faith, yes. and start connecting those dots. Right, right. And it's not just so. The thing is, too, is it's it's um, you know everyone on this campus. You know, it's the campus ministry. It's the administration. It's um, everyone who puts work into our you know our weekly mass. Like everyone has the same goal. Mm-hmm. We want to see that light. And there's going to be students that I can't reach in that way. Right. Right. Or either my style of teaching or my personality or um, just the time I have. But but someone else you know here right. can. And so it's really beautiful to be a part of um, a Catholic community a family here at Riker where, um, you know, just unified toward that one goal right. of getting these kids to heaven, right? Absolutely, making them yeah, saints. Yeah, saints, right. Yeah. It's all about being a saint. So, yeah. Sister, I just, again, thank you so much for your time. And oh, for thank me you. Anytime. And, and talk to these kids. And, and I'm sorry we had our technology issues. But, <laughs> That's okay. Uh, you know, the devil always does that. Oh, when yes. It's something he doesn't want people to hear. I'm very familiar with that tactic. And so... Uh, <laughs> We're going to defeat him. Right. Yep. We're going to defeat him. Yes. And Jesus has conquered. So, Uh, Deacon Robin, uh, take takeaways from this. Uh, What's what's inspired you uh, as a deacon and as a human being uh, being a part of this today? Well, for for me, it's really it's really made me think about how much we need to encourage people to uh, to send their kids to Catholic school. Uh huh. You know, my grandson's in kindergarten at St. Mary's in West, and uh, and I hope that he's able to stay there at least through eighth grade, and and then possibly come to come to Riker as he uh, as he ages, because uh, these are the kind of things that I'm sorry. I mean, we have good schools all over the place, but you don't get this type of teaching. Yeah, you can't. You can. Yeah. yeah. Well. It, even even in uh, small towns like I, where I live in West, you know they talk about the faith, and the teachers are all very faithful people. Right. You know, you, 
you can't take the faith out of a school unless you take the teachers out. But you can't have an ex- exhibition on the Eucharist. Exactly. <laughs> the source and summit of our faith, Jesus himself. So uh, it, it's, just amazing. A, it's amazing to see that uh, these guys are getting to do this as sophomores in high school instead of uh, being told by uh, others and maybe even staff at, at certain places that, you know, hey, that's, that's not real. You know, that's not Jesus. Why do you think that's Jesus? Yeah. But instead, they're reading books that proves it to them. So, yeah. they're, so they, they, they grow in their faith. Well, and the sisters and, have brought a tremendous amount of, of joy and charism and teaching uh, to that community. I, I just think um, that was just a great thing that they did to bring them in. Yes, and Sister Maximilian Marie and all the uh, sisters here, you know, as Dominicans, they are excellent teachers. I experienced a Dominican sister in my diaconate formation, yeah, and she was my favorite teacher. She was she was tough but fair. It's part of their and, charism, uh, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's Deacon one of Robin, their primary charisms. We are and at the end of our case, show. The Eucharist as well. And we're at the end of our show here. It's been a kind of a rough ride this week uh, on Red Sea Roundup. Thank you for sticking with us to the very end. Deacon Robin, thank you for interviewing our future there at Bishop Lewis Riker. And uh, we close out, and we thanks be to God for all our listeners. God bless everybody.